righty, y'all. Well, <clears throat> it's good uh, good to be here today, and um, <laughs> had one of those weeks this week where it started off really good, and it it went from good to bad as far as uh, struggling and getting a uh, boy just getting this cold, and uh, I hadn't I hadn't been sick for two years, and then I got a cold in January, and then. You know, got over that, and then all of a sudden I got one that hit me on Wednesday night right after church, and I was like, what in the world? And, uh, you know, if you're a man and you get a cold, it's, it's, it's almost like death. I mean, it's just pretty close to it as far as I'm concerned. But, um, and then some other things. And um, <clears throat> so I told somebody this morning that, um, you know, there are in-season and out-of-season days. The Bible says preach the word in-season and out-of-season. It's funny how you can go from in season <laughs> in one week and be out of season the next week. So, you know, it's easy to be in season on Easter Sunday morning and then, excuse me, the following week, boy, struggle to even uh, get, get a message ready. But God's given me a message for you today, and it's one that I need also. And I've titled it, um, I don't know if they put it up yet, but I've titled it, Where Are the Timothys? Where are the Timothys? And uh, it's out of Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. So let's stand together, and uh, we'll look at God's Word. Philippians 2, 19 through 22. Where are the Timothys of the world? Now Paul is writing here to the Philippian believers. And he opens his heart up, and he says something very personal. He lets us know he's feeling about something in his life and here's what he says in philippians 2 verse 19 he says i hope in the lord jesus to send timothy to you soon that i also may be cheered when i receive news about you now here's what he says in verse 20 very um authentic and uh deep insight into what paul is going through right here he says I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. And I just stop and think about that. Here's the Apostle Paul. Here's the one that God has chosen to write a vast majority of the New Testament. Here is the leader of the church, along with a few others. But here is Paul, the Apostle Paul. And he says that he has no one else but Timothy in his life that he can trust and depend on. Pretty profound. He says, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proven himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me. In the work of the gospel. So let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us to find the inner Timothy within us. That we would be like Timothy. Men and women who could be depended on for God-sized tasks. And I prayed in Christ's name. Amen. And you may be seated. I want to state this up front and I want to state it very clearly. In my 30 years of ministry and 23 years of ministry here, I have been very blessed to have people who have 
come alongside of me over the years to work and serve in the ministry. And many of you are, are those people and you have been there for a long time through thick and thin. And I'm grateful for that. So I have more than just one Timothy. But I've also had some people who have come alongside of me over the years. And for one reason or another, and many different reasons, they left. No longer part of our lives. No longer part of the work together. And I'm not throwing stones at them and I'm not casting stones uh, at, at their situation. I'm just saying that there are times in life that we all go through situations where people leave us. People don't believe in us anymore. Or they don't, they're, they're no longer part of what we do. And for whatever reason, and some, re, some of it is not all bad. Some people move away. God calls them to different places of ministry and, and so forth and so on. And so they're no longer there. You, 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 they're not part of your everyday life. And you can go through a very difficult time with that because we learn to depend on God and we learn to depend on people who are trustworthy and valuable to us. So what I want to do today is this. I want to talk about the problem that I think we have today in the society we live in and the problem that Paul was facing even in ancient times. So here's what I see found in Scripture today. Number one, the problem I see today is that people only care about themselves. People only care about themselves. Look at what Paul says here. You see, it's, it was something that was happening then, but it's also happening today. He says, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your w- w- welfare, for everyone looks out for their own interest, not, uh, for, not those of Christ Jesus, or not those of the gospel or of the kingdom's sake. People only care about themselves. Now, I say that with a broad brush, okay? But I'm really wanting to focus in tighter. I'm not talking about people who are committed to Christ, and I'm not talking about everybody. But in general... You find a society, and it's always been this way, that people care about me, myself, and I. I'll never forget this. About four years ago, I was back home in Louisiana, and I had gone with my dad to Walmart. It's amazing how when you go there in that community, if you want to see people you haven't seen in decades, go to Walmart. You're probably going to see somebody you haven't seen in decades over there. It's like, it's like the, the, the meeting place. And my dad came across a man that he hadn't seen since he had been a teenager and the two men began to talk and they're Cajun men and they began to talk a little bit in French and and some in English and that just happens with with some of those folks and they were talking about their lives and and my dad was asking him you know about uh, hey what have you done with your life and what uh, how many kids do you have and and of course they began, yeah, I know him, and I know him, and, I, and so forth and so on. And I'll never forget, when it came turn for my dad to share about his family, the guy didn't want to hear anything about it. And he goes, yeah, this is my son, and oh, yeah, yeah. And then the guy started talking all about himself. Oh, my son's done this, and he's done that. And it's just on and on and on and on and on and on. And after a while, I was just, I was, I was standing there, and I'm like, why are we wasting our time with this selfish man? This man only cares about himself. He doesn't even care about you, Dad. He just cares about himself, and here you're spending all this time talking with him. And it it occurred to me how self-centered we all can be at times if we don't watch it. And this one man just reminded me 
And I'm not trying to be judgmental of him. I'm just like, I'm thinking, God, I hope I'm not that way with other people, that it's always about me. And the problem we have today, the reason that we don't have Timothys as much anymore, or, or we don't have a lot of Timothys, is that people only care about themselves. And you and I as Christians, we need to make sure that we're not like that. That we're more like a Timothy, where we care about the other uh, about other people's situations and scenarios. And we'll talk about that here in just a moment. But there's the problem. People seem to only care about themselves. And I'll just say this. If your life only consists of you and your immediate, there's a problem. Look, guys, I'm going to just be honest with you. The Bible talks about two principles. The Bible says, number one, we need to guard our hearts. Okay? In, 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 in Psalms, the Bible tells us to guard your heart. So what some people do is they go to the extreme. They, go, they put fences around their lives. They don't let anybody in. And so therefore, they don't serve anybody. They don't help anybody. They don't make themselves vulnerable to anybody. And so they spend their entire life in a cage because they don't want to get hurt. And they guard their hearts. But the Bible also says to give your hearts. Now, there's an extreme on that side. There are some people that give and they give completely, and they give it to everybody, and even those who, who trample over it. And so the Bible says to give your heart and to guard your heart. So where's the balance? Well, that's, that's part of living. You, you have to give your heart and serve God and serve other people, but you also need to guard it. The Bible says don't cast your pearls before swine. There are some people that you just, you know, some people you need to cut ties with. Some people... Or takers only. Some people are toxic in a relationship. And, and you don't need to be around those people. It doesn't mean you don't give them Jesus. It doesn't mean you don't try to help them. But what it means is that you have to guard yourself towards some people. So there's a balance in that. But if you live your life only for yourself, it's not a biblical concept. And you're not a Timothy. Number two problem that I see here in scripture and the problem that I see today is that people care little to nothing for the work of Christ people in general care little to nothing for the work of Christ look again it says for everyone looks out for their own interests not those of Jesus Christ it's amazing to me over 30 years in ministry how there are some people who will create a schism in the church. They'll create disunity and a problem all because they can't get their way in one area. And that person cares little about the cause of Christ and cares more about what they want and what they can get. We need to be careful that we don't act like those people, that we aren't part of the problem today. We need Timothys who are different than that. But those kind of people, they care little to nothing for the work and the cause of Christ. It's all about them and what they can do. Hey, listen, you know, I, I'm just telling you, I don't have any kids in high school anymore, but, but I'm still involved in high school because there's an open door that God's given me, and there's a gift that I have, and, and so there's a place that I can serve my community. And so it's not just about what I can do for my kids, and I find that it's the same way in the church, that some people only serve in the areas that benefit them and their families. And then when their families grow out of that area, they no longer want to serve in those particular areas. And that can't be the case. It can't be that it's just about what we want. 
and what benefits us. We have to care about the kingdom and about the cause of Christ and about how it affects the kingdom work. So the problem today is that people care little to nothing for the work of Christ. Selfish. Number three, the problem today is that most people complain, argue, and live contrary to the Word of God. Look at what the Bible says here in the same passage, just, just north of there, just a few verses ahead of what we read in our main passage, Philippians 2, 14 through 15. The Bible says, do everything. What, what, how much? Everything. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Now, let me stop right there. Let me, let me have a time out. Just hold that scripture up right there. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. I'm guilty. I, 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 have, I, I don't live up to that scripture. I don't. I don't. I will complain about some things sometimes. I really will. Do you ever complain about some things? Hey, I come in on Monday mornings and Jen hears all my complaints. And then I realize how small of a person I am for complaining about some things. And every now and then, she or Penny will send me a scripture and it will put me in my place. They're not trying to put me in my place. Well, yes, they are. They're trying to let God put me in my place. But, but I complain sometimes and I realize that I violate the scripture and it shouldn't happen. You see, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Is that contrary to the culture that we live in today? Everybody's always grumbling about something, always arguing about something. I can, I, I can remember we had the storm come through a couple of weeks ago on that Monday morning, remember? Knocked out the internet here for a few days. And so I got on the phone with Cox Cable and I was talking with them and we were trying to figure out what the problem was. The lady on the other end was being nice. I was being nice. And, and, uh, she was, and then she apologized for something on the other end. And she goes, she goes, look, don't be angry with. Uh, she said, don't be angry with, with 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 that. Be angry with somebody. I said, well, I'm not. I'm not angry. I said, I'm literally not angry. I said, I, I, you got a job to do, and I'm just trying to understand. So I'm asking questions, and uh, and and I was being very pleasant. My point to you is that the woman probably everybody that calls her probably screams at her all the time, and they're always arguing. And grumbling, the Bible says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Okay, next verse. So that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault, notice this, in a warped and crooked generation. Let me just stop there, warped and crooked generation. Do you know that um, Target has a, a uh, the store Target has a policy now that a man can go into a woman's bathroom, right? You know that, right? And a woman can go into a man's bathroom. Well, uh, I, I forget where the store was, but I just read it this week that, uh, that a man went into a woman's bathroom in Target this week at some Target store, not here, but somewhere, and opened up the stall where a little girl was using the restroom and exposed himself to her. Now, the policies that allows that to happen is messed up we live in a warped world don't we a warped world a world that is messed up that is crooked that is that is just all bent out of shape i mean we so so we have to take the high ground we as christians need to be the ones who show the rest of the world how to live so the bible says we need to do everything without arguing without grumbling so that 
we could be examples in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky. Then we will be like that. So the problem we have today is that most people complain and argue and they live contrary to God's word. It says here, do everything without grumbling, arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. We live in a messed up world. And most people complain and argue about everything. We as Christians should live different than that. We should. So there's the problem. Let me give you one more problem. Okay? And I'm going to give you a solution in just a moment. There is no loyalty in the world in which we live. There's no loyalty. No loyalty. It says here in verse 20, I have no one else like him who will show genuine genuine concern for your welfare. Paul had people that abandoned him. Paul had people that stabbed him in the back. Paul had people that, that, that talked behind his back. He had very few people he can depend on. He had two of them right here. He had, he had Timothy in that particular area, and then he had another guy, if you continue to read. His name was Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus almost died for the cause of the work of Christ. But here he's talking about Timothy. He says, I have no one like-minded. I don't have a like-minded man other than Timothy. He's the only one that I've got. There's no loyalty anymore. There's a problem. That's our society. And that, those concepts have come into the church. See, one thing I had to teach myself is that I used to get really upset when people became disloyal to me or people walked out of my life or people stabbed me in the back or what have you. And I used to really have trouble with that. But then I began to realize that some of those same people did it to their own spouses. <laughs> and I thought about it for a moment. I said, well, if, if, if they're going to commit adultery on their own, own spouse and betray their own marital vows, who am I? I'm not even married to them. There's a lack of loyalty. So here's the problem. Paul was talking about that. People care about only themselves. They don't, they don't have a like mind. So, so let's just stop for a moment and think about this, y'all. We sometimes think we're all by ourselves and we don't have anybody that believes what we believe and, and, and maybe we're not all together in this and we don't have, you know, those people that, that, that stand with us. Paul was going through the same thing. The same exact thing. So that was the problem. Well, let's look at the example for today. Let's look at the example that we can have for today. He was the example back then, and he, he's the example today. His name is Timothy. The first thing I want you to notice about Timothy was that Timothy cared, and he was genuine. He cared, and he was genuine. He says here, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. Timothy cared about the Philippian Christians. He cared about 
his calling. He cared about the people that he was serving. He cared about where God was placing him. And he really loved those people. He really cared. He was genuine. I'm telling you what, guys. I'm telling you what this world needs today. This world needs some Christians who are genuine, who really love people, even people who are unlovable. This world needs people who care and who love people in spite of their imperfections, who love them in spite of whether or not they are loyal, who just love them and care for them. And Timothy cared. He was genuine. Don't, don't you really care for a person? Don't, don't you really admire a person that's genuine, that's authentic? that you can trust in that area. We need Timothys. We need people like that. I need them in my life. You need them in your life. You need to be a Timothy to somebody. You say, well, Pastor, I don't have any Timothys in my life. Well, I tell you what, then you be a Timothy to somebody else. You be somebody that can care. I remember I had somebody, not at this church, it was a previous church years ago. She came to my office one day and she goes, I need to talk with you, Pastor. And I said, okay. I said, leave the door open. And my secretary was down the hall, and she goes, I got an issue with this church. And I said, okay, tell me what it is. And she said, my issue is that this church is not loving. Here was the irony about that. She was one of the most hateful people you've ever met in your life. And she was a member of our church. And the irony of that was that here she was accusing our church of being exactly what she wasn't. And she goes, our church isn't loving enough. It's not caring enough for other people. And I looked at her and I said to her, I said, I have the answer for you. And she goes, you do? And I said, I absolutely have the answer for you. Here's the answer. You want our church to be more loving? You be more loving. And she looked at me and she said, what are you saying? And I said, exactly what I said. And I said, in the same way, if I want our church to be more loving, I have to be more loving. If I want our church to care more, I've got to care more. I can't make you care, but I can take care of what I can care for. So Timothy cared, and he was genuine. Guys, what's going to win this world for Christ, what's going what's to affect our community and, and impact our community are real people who care and who are genuine. Not put-ons. And not fakes. Number two, Timothy's service stood out. It stood out. Look at what the Bible says here in verse, 20, 20, uh, verse 22. It's, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, verse 22. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because he was a son with his father. He has served with me in the work of the gospel. His service stood out. He served with me. The Bible says, in the gospel. He was a server. It's not that he tooted his own horn. It's just that it was obvious what Timothy was and what he did. He was loyal to Paul. He could be trusted. He cared for God's people. He was genuine. And as a result of that, his service stood out. He just served. He just served. Let me say something to you about this. Over the years, I've seen a lot of ministry given to people. And I, I just want to commend many of you in this building today. Many of you in this building, at the drop of a hat, you will serve 
if you have the opportunity and the means to do it. You will do it. And you will serve people in their hardest times. You know, times are not like they used to be. It used to be years and years ago when you had a death in the church. You know, uh, you had a lot of people that, that, that were available during the day. They could cook. They could do all of this stuff and provide for people. And we, it, times are not like that anymore. But you know what happens when we have an 11 o'clock funeral and we need to provide a meal for them right after the funeral? You know what happens in this church? People take off people do what they need to do when i say they take off they take off from work and they come here and they give of their time and they give of their service and they serve i've seen it time and time again i've seen people do it for weddings i've seen people do it uh for ministry opportunities i've seen people do it for for the you know for all the different things that happen just 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 on that level and they and they just serve and the service stands out it speaks loudly. And so Timothy's an example for us, and we can be like Timothy. Just go serve. Let your service speak for you. Okay, number three. Here's another example in Timothy's life. He was proven to be trustworthy. He was proven to be trustworthy. Again, I'll read verse 22. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with a father he has served me in the work of the gospel he has proved himself to be reliable to be dependable to be trustworthy when you really need him he's there you can count on him he was there for paul when nobody else was he cared for what paul cared for he was proven to be trustworthy. You know what I'm looking for, what I constantly look for as a pastor? I'm looking for men and women that can prove their trustworthiness to God and to me. That's what I want to see. Prove it to me. Isn't that what we do when we raise our kids, right? And our kids become teenagers and we start to give them a little bit of freedom and we start to, to let them loose a little bit and 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 we you know we it's kind of the 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 carrot and the stick and we but you got to prove it to me and your actions will determine whether or not i give you more responsibility right and a lot of times we want a lot of responsibility in life we, we or we want a position but we don't want to prove ourselves to god as to whether or not we can be trusted and god uses those greatly whom he trusts Timothy was one that was proven. He was there behind the scenes doing what, what, what could be done and what he could do. And then God will raise you up and use you in a mighty way. And then one last thing I want you to see about the example for today in Timothy's life. You know what Timothy was? He was just a servant. He was just a servant. Again, I take you back to verse 22. You know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. Timothy wasn't interested in a position title. 
He wasn't interested in, 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 in getting accolades. He just wanted to get the work done. He wanted to honor God, and he served faithfully. That's what we're called to do. We're servants of Christ. We're stewards of the house of God. We, we are going to give an account of our stewardship, uh, of our managerial uh, responsibilities, of whether or not we serve. And I'm telling you something, folks. Listen, listen. we, we need servants. We need to continue to serve. We've got a lot of servants in this church, and I just want you to know something. Listen to me. I know our numbers are not what, what, what they once were, and I know that maybe one day they're, they're going to come up again. But I'm telling you, it's going to happen not by us changing a lot, it's going to happen by us continuing to do what God's called us to do. And let's be servants. Let's serve our kids. Let's serve in children's church. Let's serve in the nursery. Let's, let's serve our fellow neighbor. Let's serve a brother or sister who needs help. Let's give of ourselves to be a Sunday school teacher. It requires a dedication. Let, let's, let's commit ourselves to serving in vacation Bible school. Let's commit ourselves to going on a mission trip. Let's be servants. Let's just serve God where the opportunities are there. And let's go out and let's do it. Let's serve Him. Let's just be servants. Wherever that might be. That's what Timothy was. Where are the Timothys? I, I believe we've got a lot of them in our church. We need Timothys in our lives. You need to be a Timothy. I need to be a Timothy. And when sometimes you start feeling after serving and doing, being faithful and other people aren't doing it, and you start wondering why other people aren't doing it, you need to, you need to get your eyes readjusted. Fix your eyes on Christ. And not worry about what everybody else is doing. Look, Paul was in a situation where he only had one guy. And Timothy was just doing it. Timothy didn't realize he was the only one serving. He didn't know that that was the case. He just went about doing his business. Serving. As an assistant to the Apostle Paul. And he says, he has served me in the work of the gospel to share the good news we all have a part on the wall we're all building this wall together we all have a part we all have different gifts we all have different abilities we all have different focuses but all of us together can do something amazing I've tried to dedicate my life to be a Timothy I'm not an Apostle Paul. Paul's a theologian. I'm more of a Timothy. That's what I want to be. Not everybody's going to be that. Notice what Paul said. Everybody cares for their own thing. But Timothy, he's like-minded. But he cares for you. He has a genuine heart. Let's not look at everybody else. Let's look at the Timothys. While everybody else was doing their own thing, Timothy 
was being faithful to God. Timothy was serving. He was making a difference. He was being used of God to encourage the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul could start churches and also be used of the Holy Spirit to write these epistles and pen scripture. And then Timothy became a pastor, the pastor of the Ephesian church. We all have our ministries, but we can all be a Timothy in some way. We can all be a Timothy. I heard a story years ago of a young pastor who was repurposing a church, basically. He had gone to a dying church, a church that was basically dead. And he was there for a couple of Sundays. You know, they had that small handful of people. So he said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Next Sunday, we want to pack this house. This is a true story. Small community, small country church. Next Sunday, we want to pack this house. We're going to go. We're going to knock on every door that we can. Now, this was back in the, in the 80s. And he went and he knocked on every door in that community, invited every human being that he could to church that Sunday. Well, the weather was bad that weekend in the wintertime. People got sick. He showed up to church. He was the only one that walked in early, opened the building up. When it came time for church to start, his little family, his wife and two children walked in. Service time at 11 o'clock. Nobody was there. So they said, let's give it five more minutes. Maybe people are late getting here. The weather's bad. Nobody showed up. You know what that pastor did that morning? He got up. He led them in a song. And then he preached the word to his wife and his two children. He was a Timothy. He was a faithful servant of God. See, we talk about success all the time. That pastor was successful because he was faithful to God. Now things got better down the road, but he could have quit right there on that day. And he didn't. And he stayed with it. And they were able to win some people to Christ and make a difference. But that Sunday told his family, I'm not quitting. I'm going to be a Timothy. And I'm going to keep serving. I pray that God will give us the heart of a Timothy to serve him with everything that we have going forward. Put our head down, our hearts committed to Christ, and let's serve. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the example of Timothy. I need him as my example.
when I get down and I get discouraged. And I want to be a Timothy to, to some Paul. I want to be one that someone could look to to say, boy, he cares. He's genuine. He's been faithful. I thank you for the Timothys that we have in this church. I pray that you would raise more up. That an army of Timothys would go out into this community serving, caring for the things of Christ, not just caring about ourselves. Help us to care for your cause and your work. So church, I'm just going to call you to the altar today and ask you to come and pray with me. To pray that we would rise up, be a church full of Timothys going out into the world making a difference and being faithful. And I pray it in Jesus' name.